right, Jay Moo. What's up, man? Thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, man. Russell's I, Russell's excited. Decker? Yeah. Uh, okay, poor guy. <laughs> we were supposed to be in Vermont, actually, this week. And we I was got... supposed to rent his house with my family, and he's like, oh, wait, never mind. I'm going up for PL. Come up, though. I'm like, I'm supposed to be with my family. Oh, wow. So you were supposed to rent his house the same week we were... We yeah, were, like six we were... months ago, my family and I, we were talking about vacation, and I was trying to do anything and everything not to go to Disney. Because my wife is one of those Disney adults. Like, as how, many many, how many times a year do you go to Disney? So me personally, I don't really go a whole lot. But before COVID, I was sending my wife and sons like three times a year. Like January, like every quarter, like almost like, <laughs> you know. And then it was to when my sons, oh, first off, cheers. Thanks for making the drive. Yeah, thanks, brother. Um, but yeah, I know you're, I, know, I mean, I knew once, your wife said. Once my said sons it. started coming out and uh, like getting older and like, hey, dad what's up i was like all right fine so we would go in like november around like our anniversary and stuff and you know so my wife and i have a rule if we go for four days i get one round of golf if we go for seven i get two so yeah it's a little give and take so have you played all the disney courses yeah yeah i haven't played magnolia in a while magnolia was like one of those first like courses i played when i first started like really playing golf like so when did you get into golf so first time i picked up a club was in high school but i was like <laughs> cotton cotton t-shirt untucked backwards hat borrowed khakis from my friend like just a complete disaster of a person on a golf course the person now i would be like bro you gotta go like you gotta get off this course now. did you play high school golf or no 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 no, no. just I fun yeah no not even fun it was just we were on vacation in new hampshire and my friend played golf he's like hey let's go to the golf course down the street it was like a nine hole whack-a-mole course you know whatever but uh i do have a picture of me and my follow-through with the backwards hat and it, i'll share it with you it's it's quite funny, but uh, did you get addicted right then and there? No, absolutely not. So you, I was, you didn't play after that no, for a while. I didn't play for a while. The next time I picked up a club, <clears throat> I was in Afghanistan, and a group or whatever sent us like two sets of clubs, like a thousand balls and whatever. So like where I was living, one of the military packages that people sent. Yeah. Like oh, cool. Huge thing. It was pretty cool. And guys in my in my tent were like, "Oh yeah!" Like one guy was a big golfer. And we go out back and we're hitting into the desert over like the security fence and stuff. And my first swing, I had like, it had to have been like a three or five wood. Now I'm thinking about it. I took the head right off that thing. I, hit, <laughs> I just completely missed the ball, hit the dirt, hit the rock. The head went flying and my friend was like, you're done. You can't play no more. Yeah, because like, you guys only got one club now. Well, yeah, we, were, well, we, had a whole, we had two whole sets, but we were definitely down one club. And I just went back into my tent and continued on so for then i didn't pick up another club it was my father-in-law that actually got me into it like i married into my wife's family she has two brothers one played college golf um one's in sales so that's all he does is play golf and they grew up playing golf my father-in-law actually said it in our wedding speech they were so happy he was getting a third son to make a foursome and i'm like <laughs> drunk at my wedding like boo like that's stupid <laughs> i was still playing like old man softball at the time so that was in 2015 so then 2016 winter of 2016 
my father-in-law and I were in the car and that following May, we were supposed to go to Murrow Beach for a family vacation. And he's showing me this house and he's like, hey, look at this house. It's so cool. I've never been to Myrtle Beach. I'm like, oh, cool, Rick. Yeah, whatever. And he goes, and this is the line that sunk it all. He goes, you and the girls are going to have a great trip. Like, I was like, what? What? He's like, me and the boys play golf every day. <laughs> so we're gone until at least 1, 1.30 all morning, every morning. I was like, and I was dead silent for the rest of the car ride. And he goes, but you guys will have a great trip. I was like, oh, no. He was trying to bait in. Hell, he baited me. He hooked me. <laughs> he reeled me in. The next day, um, I went to the driving range. It was, it was in December, mind you. It was probably like 40 degrees. And I got the biggest bucket. I think it was like 100 balls, 60 to 100 balls. My body felt pain in such ways. My body didn't even know I had muscles that could turn <laughs> like that. But I hit every ball dead right just dead right like it was terrible and i was about to quit and walk off and i saw one last ball on the bucket so i teed it up and i took a breath because i'm all out of breath because i was just terrible and i smoked this thing i mean smoked it over the fence dead straight hooked i was done i was like i mean it was like a drug like i was hooked i think people quit golf even the most passionate golfers quit golf at least a few times. Like even if they start and then they, especially pro athletes, they think it's like the easiest thing. Like you take a baseball player and he's, he's used to balls coming at him a hundred mm -hmm. miles an hour. He's like, well, this thing's sitting still. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is going to be so easy. Yeah. Well, they say, they say statistically hockey players have the best golf swing because of their, their downward shot and yeah. all that. But, uh, they hit it far too. I can't imagine. But, uh, but yeah, ever since then, uh, I started playing a little bit. Like my son was born. I remember December 15th, we had the doctor's appointment because we had been a couple times prior. So they were like, they induced my wife on the 15th. So I remember it was a very pleasant day. I was probably like 47 degrees out. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to shoot over to this course by my house. I'm going to play around by myself. Just kind of, you know, prepare for the birth of my second son and uh our appointment was we didn't have to be at the hospital till like six o'clock at night and uh played i don't know what i shot it was terrible i was just out there enjoying myself and that night we go to the hospital and the father-son challenge is on the pnc father-son challenge was in december at that time and i remember watching it and <laughs> everything starts going nuts my wife starts pushing and like in a blink of an eye, you know, you have kids and yeah. I'm like, push, babe, push. <laughs> and I remember seeing John Daly and his son with American flag shorts on. <laughs> and next thing I know, the doctor's like cussing me out. Like, are you watching effing golf? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, sorry, man. Like, it's a great shot. And next thing you know, my son comes in the world. So I say to this day, like John Daly was like the first person he saw, like as he came That's in the world. That's fitting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You meet my son. He's... It's a bull in a china shop, but he actually does enjoy golf. Like he's the only kid. He, my other son, he doesn't really care for it, but uh, Zachary loves golf. So like, he comes out here with you? Oh yeah, all the time. He gets mad when he sees me put on a collared shirt. He like goes runs upstairs because he thinks he's coming to the club. How old is he? Six. Yeah, yeah. That's tough because he wants. He thinks he can just 
he wants to just come, you know? Yeah, and he does. You know, and he knows what's funny with him now. He knows the etiquette. Like, if he sees people on the course, he doesn't really speak. Like, lets them hit. And, you know, he'll... He's a good trained kid for it, you know? <laughs> so, but living on the course is just... He knows the deal. So when you were in um, <clears throat> Afghanistan, that was the first time you picked up a club. Or no, no, in New Hampshire you picked up a club. But yeah. then in Afghanistan you started hitting some balls. Yeah. Well, what, yeah. How long were you in the military for? Seven years. Seven years, wow. Yeah, so I did three years in the Air Force, active duty. Uh, got out. I was married at the time. I became a police officer in this little like country town of Oklahoma. <clears throat> relationship didn't work out as most military marriages do uh but i got a wonderful daughter out of it so that was you know icing on the cake i didn't know you were a cop mm -hmm. oh yeah making eight dollars an hour <laughs> in, in oklahoma oh man yeah blanchard <laughs> oklahoma man they called this place blanchard usa it was like a cut through to uh i-35 and i-40 for truckers so like you know, I always say, like, I have friends that are police officers in some pretty dangerous places, and I said, nothing is scarier than pulling up on the back of a flatbed truck and there's a dog hanging off the back of it tied to a chain. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> I take the wide turn to them. But uh, but it was a good time. How long I, did you do that for? Not long. Like, maybe a year. Yeah, and then I got divorced, and I couldn't afford life eight dollars an hour i couldn't pay for anything I had yeah. child support and i had to rent and all that so i moved back to new jersey and i actually got a security job at like a cabana club making like 25 dollars an hour it was amazing were you going to be so you had no ambition to be a cop after that i did it just was very it was way difficult way more difficult in new jersey to do it than in oklahoma and today they're begging for him yeah yeah, and nobody wants to do it. <laughs> no, nah, it's it's a it's a it's a weird time to be a police officer. It's a tough job. Yeah. Um, so after a while, after the security job went away, I just went back to what I knew, and I joined the army. I went back in the army for four more years, a uh, little over four years, and uh, that ran its course. Yeah, you know, I did another deployment because in the Air Force I deployed to Iraq, and uh, when the army ran its course, I tried to go into private security. I did that for a little while. And before I could deploy with them, I got the job doing what I do now for the last eight years. You're a longshoreman. Yeah. When I mean, people call me and they're like, well, how diverse is your society? I'm like, hey, we got JMU and he's a longshoreman. I've never met a longshoreman before, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I know you guys are big. There's, you know, your union and all that. Oh, yeah. We're and, the strongest, probably one of the strongest unions in the country, but... You could take 20 guys and put them in a room and put, and they're all longshoremen and all of us could have a, a different job. Like it's, it's very hard to explain to somebody that's not really in the industry. So, but I, every, all, all the stuff that I get from China, it comes through your hands. Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. We get a lot of, a lot of China lines. We just signed a huge China line. So, so all the, all the, um, imports and you do the exports too, right? Yep. Oh, yep. wow. So yeah. everything that comes through that port. Yeah. We're the second if not the largest like the busiest port in the country oh like wow. i think we just recently overtook la i'm not completely sure if that stands still but i mean the last three years especially through covid everybody oh you were slow you're slow and that was california we were we were rocking i mean i remember when covid happened and the golf courses shut down and everything i worked for like 80 days straight jeez 
Yeah, just because there was nothing to do. And, and were there other people that couldn't come to work because of COVID? No, man, we were we were pretty just busy. busy. Yeah. I mean, oh, you know what? Everybody's getting um, like stuff that they would normally get at the store. They're getting shipped from probably Amazon or whatever, and they're yeah. getting it at home. And we, we, we also got a lot of ships from California diverted to us because they had their issues or whatnot. How does a ship get from California to New Jersey? Panama Canal. Oh, there's yeah. no way that can be cost effective. Uh, not for the shipping lines, but they make so much money. I, it's a drop in the bucket for them. Really? Oh, to go yeah. all the way around the country like oh, that? Yeah. I mean, shipping lines do billions of dollars of revenue a year. See, this is stuff I don't know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty uh, lucrative business to be in the higher end of that company. But, you know, that's out of my purview. You know, I, I'm just a contracted worker for that peer. So, you know. What I what I uh, can't get over is your hours too. I mean, your hours are crazy. Yeah, I got uh, I got home last night at four o'clock. I mean, you know, my partner and I we work the ship. Um, so what we do is we just have a section of the ship we're, you know, responsible for, and I coordinate with the crane operator, the drivers, and such. Just and get just, all the crates off. Yeah, the ship load and, and discharge the boxes, and it's, you know, it's a twenty-four hour gig. So. so the schedule, yeah. So it's twenty-four hours, so you could be on any given shift. Um, but so, yeah, my partner and I do two weeks days, two weeks nights. Two weeks days, two weeks nights. So the so, two weeks nights, as long as you're not willing to sleep, you got plenty of time for golf. I do play a lot of golf. <laughs> the older I get, uh, it's getting a little bit harder, and then my kids are getting a little older. It's summertime, but for the most part, for a while, I was I was strong on getting off at five, <clears throat> getting home at about six, teeing off at about ten fifteen. Try to crush the round, go home, shower, go straight back to work. With and, no sleep? Nah. And do, <laughs> and do 4.30 to 4.30. Oh, and yeah. then the next day you have to sleep. You just crash. Uh, yeah, I can't really do two days in a row. No. I, I'll do it for tournaments sometimes if, I have, if I'm super busy, but I want to play in like the club championship or whatever. But... Uh, I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a driver. I drive yeah. everywhere I go to play. But I've I've noticed in the last few years, like as you get older, it's just it's hard. <laughs> it's to, different. <laughs> you need sleep, man. You just need at least for me. I need at least like yeah. six to eight hours. Otherwise, yeah, I just can't I'm good, operate. I'm good with like five six hours, and I'm I'm pretty good. But when I was younger, I could go I could go a day without sleeping. And yeah. It wasn't. I would just go until I would crash. Like you just crash. Yeah. You know, you get that like third wind, and then you're just done. And but. then the next day, like four, five, or six o'clock comes around. If you fall asleep at five and wake up the next morning at eight, then you're just good to go again. Yeah. If I'm 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 pretty good. If I have if I have a reason to get up, I'll get up. If not, I could sleep forever. Really? Yeah. I could. I'd be asleep now. If I, <laughs> if I really wanted to sleep, you know, I could get twelve hours of sleep. I'll wake up few few times, but I'm pretty comfortable. Once I get comfortable, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, that's good. At least the schedule allows. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just, it's a grind. You know, you put in what you get out, uh, or you get out what you put in, and, you know, it's pretty good. We actually just had our first, my local just had our first, uh, like, foundation golf, like, fundraiser, and we did it at Trump Bedminster. That oh, was pretty cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a great place. Yeah. It was 200 million degrees that day. I was, oh, people were drinking. I couldn't even fathom. Like, was it on a Monday? It was, yep. So they actually there they do they do a lot of Monday outings and the benefit being in the in North Jersey the benefit they have is they have two courses do you guys take up both courses yep yeah yeah so I actually played the new course this time um, I played the old course before but 
I enjoyed the new course. I like the new yeah. course too. And I was talking to the caddy who said when the PGA was going to have their tournament there, they were going to do like a hybrid composite. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, Liv, when Liv was there last year, I think I think they might have done a composite. Yeah, it's a long course. Yeah, and to walk it is brutal. Yeah, you guys take you guys took carts. We took carts. Yeah, yeah everybody I've takes walked, carts there. But uh, I love how the caddies the caddies just jump on the back of the cart. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> I don't, it's late I don't remember the yet. caddy's name I had, but he's definitely been there for a while because he didn't care. He was just like, yeah, come on. Jumped in like the seat when my buddy was walking to his ball. He didn't care. I would have loved it. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Yeah, but, that's uh, a great That's a great place. Was was the boss man there? He was. Yeah, you saw that. You knew right away because the Secret Service was at the front gate. And uh, Did you have to go through it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they knew we had the event there, but it was crazy because they didn't expect how big our event was. So they're having like, you could see guys off to the left having like their little pre-security meeting and stuff like that. Um, it was <laughs> How many guys you guys have there? Well, we filled up both courses, probably doubled up, probably 75% of the holes on both courses. Oh, wow. And then dinner was probably another 100 people. You guys ate in the ballroom? Yeah, downstairs. Yeah, that's a really nice ballroom. Yeah. I mean, I I would have preferred upstairs. I think upstairs is a little bigger, but you can uh, fit a lot more people. It's more relaxed, like in the patio area you're talking about upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you're ever there during an event, or like if you're just playing regularly, and there's an event or a wedding, when you reach the 16th tee there, it's like the hardest shot in golf. No, it's. Not. <laughs> The, the hardest shot is Marion number one. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll get to that by far. But 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 I mean, imagine that like the whole wedding is watching the whole and people are are like you know leaning over the over the. So we have that people here, screaming like at you. Eagle Oaks, where I'm a member at, where we're you know we're in the wine room now. We have a lot of weddings here, and uh, it's very scenic on the course. Brides and grooms they take their pictures and stuff. So <laughs> the first tee. Me and my buddies were out there just mucking it up. You know, it was late. And uh, they were, like, on the orange tees where the flag is because they, they wanted the picture with the flag, up, like, above the pride. And I had had a couple, you know, transfusions at that point. <laughs> so I'm, like, trying to get them involved. I'm like, come on, let's get a cheer. And I get up and, like, just completely sliced my ball and they were just dogging the wife the bride was dogging me it was hilarious <laughs> she's like that's amazing you're terrible i was like thanks i was like you'll get divorced in a year and she was like what <laughs> yeah one time at, at that hole i mean so the hole is a par three at bedminster and it's over over water yeah. forced carry yeah and and it's like a it's like a peanut like left or right green too it's like it's hard to hold so i i got up to the <clears> t and um you know, there's a full wedding downstairs. There's people hanging over the balcony. And I'm thinking like, geez, if I wasn't with somebody, mm -hmm. I'd be skipping. I'd just skip the yeah. hole, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I remember that's like one of the more, more times I was actually nervous on a yeah. team. You know, and it, the, the worst people. shots in golf are, is the playthrough. The playthrough. Hey, guys, just play through. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I really don't want to. Like, <laughs> but all right. And I I probably hit one out of 100 shots that were good. And then got like a... Oh, great shot. Everything else is like, all right, man, I'm just going to pick up and go to the next hole. I'll see you later. So did uh, did, did the Donald, did he play with, did he play like with the no, groups or he no. was just there he hanging was, out? He wasn't really there hanging out. Um, he had an interview with somebody from Fox that day because I remember they were setting it up and I was talking to the people. Um, 
and then he came downstairs, said hi for a couple minutes, and then that was. Pr- then he went and had dinner with like his family and stuff. Um, but by then, I once I saw he came in, I I was so hot, my body temperature was like two hundred degrees, because I don't like to wear hats at country clubs like that because I don't like to take it off and on. Oh and yeah, off. yeah. In case you forget, it's better yeah. just not to wear it. And I was just. Oh, I was a mess. And I never Irish exit places. I just got up and left. My buddy was like, did you leave? I was like, dude, I'm halfway down the parkway. I'm out of here. Really? He's like, wow. That's a new. That's, that's new. I was like, because I'm like the last one to leave, first one to show up type guy. But yeah, I was. I was have, like, have you ever been that close to like a U.S. president? Before? Uh, I was not that close, no. Um, I was stationed at Fort Hood when they had that... Uh, that shooting on base back in like 2010 and i was part of a detail i was like pretty new at that base i'd only been there for like six weeks and that shooting happened and uh oh president obama came to like speak to fort hood so i like sat i set up for that but definitely not that close no but you saw him i saw him yeah i was i was there for the the speech and stuff because i was such a like a low rank i was just a private so I had to like collect the chairs and stuff. He's he's a golfer too, by the way. Obama. Yeah. Oh, I you knew he was a basketball that? player. No, I, did, I didn't. I mean, there's a golfer and there's I play golf. You know, like. No, I think he's pretty serious. Is he? Yeah. I mean, oh. there's a there's a girl. I gotta see if he has a gin. That's, uh, my, that's my new thing. I yeah, just look random people up on gin. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Whether it's I don't know if the club publishes it or not. Yeah. I think he's a um, RTJ. Oh wow! But he, um, they, there was a, there's a girl, and I can't think of her name. And, and but she, uh, she's like a golf instructor. I follow her on mm-hmm. on social media, yeah. and she did. A, she gave him a lesson, and it was like uh, it wasn't a formal lesson, yeah. but she said she was like walking down the range, and it was during an event, and um, he, he, she just said hi to him, and he was like, "Well, I'm ready for your, <laughs> I'm ready for your input or something like that." <laughs> And she said she was like... He's a lefty, too. Super nervous. Who, Obama is? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So she said she was like super n- yeah. nervous. And she's given thousands of lessons yeah. before, you know, but the president asked you to come give you some input. It's yeah, like, it's pretty cool. No matter no matter who you like or what your, what your politics are, anytime you're in the presence of a president, I mean, that's cool. Like, not a lot of people have that ability or that, that opportunity. So, like, you know, at that time... You know, there were some guys when President Obama came, they're like, man, I'm a Republican, and they left. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to stay. Like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. It's history. Yeah. You know? And, Same thing uh, happens with Bush or Trump, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, it's cool. You know, it's a powerful, very powerful person in America, no matter what their field is. And, you know, but it was all right. You know? So I I, um, I actually played <laughs> with President Trump twice. Yeah. But if I got the call to play with somebody like you know Barack Obama. Yeah. I would go in a second. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, how much you want to play for? <laughs> it's funny. And man. I'd probably be just as you know. I'd be just as nervous. Yeah. I mean, I would. I 100 percent would. It's I, it's 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 really um, you know intense to play with somebody like that, no matter who it is, because they always have a crowd around them, and then they always have Secret Service around yeah. them. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of like un- unwanted pressure that you probably would put on yourself. Like, I want to play well. I want to be proper. I don't want to drink too much. I don't want to do this. Like me, I'd be like, hey, you know, President Obama, you want a transfusion? Like, <laughs> that's just me, you know. But 
it, it's it's cool that you got to meet him and cool that you got to go to go to Bedminster. That's a great place. That's one of my favorite places. I like that course golf a lot. I do. Um, I like both courses. I there. like I I I love the difference between. So, like, our big focal point in New Jersey is the Driscoll Bridge. That's, like, a big north-south. No matter who you ask, that's my opinion. The Driscoll, anything north of the Driscoll is North Jersey. Anything south is central. Anything south of me is South Jersey. So, I love North Jersey golf. Like, you can go to any course up there. You know, you got some great courses. Plainfield, Somerset, Essex County, Bedminster. I mean, it's just... Then you come down to us, Hollywood, Due Process, Eagle Oaks, you know, it's just such a different golf course, you know, very mountainous in North Jersey. You know, you could drive me around blindfolded for four hours and put me in one of those courses. I I would think I was in like upstate New York, upstate New York, yeah. Pennsylvania, uh, definitely not New Jersey. Um it's funny you say you say you you equate Pennsylvania with mountains because I'm you know obviously from Pennsylvania yeah. and when you say it like I think about it and you're right but being from Pennsylvania you don't see it no I don't see and it I at tell all. you what like joining you know since joining Preserve Links like playing as much Pennsylvania golf that I had in the last couple of years I love Pennsylvania golf I love it your home course Ledrock I mean probably one of the most scenic places I've been in a while like like could like be on par with like a resort course in like middle america yeah the 18th so there's a lot of um holes there where like the tee box is way elevated like the 18th hole you could just see for miles right yeah and the first time i went there i appreciated it but i don't i i haven't really since because i've played it so much and it's like oh you know but when we were at um you and i were at stonewall and you were like Oh, this is so nice with the rolling hills and the mountains. And mm -hmm. I was thinking, like, I never equated this place with <laughs> yeah. mountains, you know? Because when I think mountains, I think, like, like Vermont, you yeah. know, or, or out west. Well, my, bi my biggest surprise... <laughs> but compared to New Jersey, you're right. There's yeah. tons of mountains. My biggest <laughs> surprise in geography was Connecticut. New Haven, New Haven Country Club, Yale. I mean, such elevation changes. I was... <laughs> I went up there for the Friday golf event. And I, I saw was, you guys won it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was you and uh, Ryan. Ryan's in our in our final. Uh, yeah, you Gilbert. played with Gilbert. Yeah, yeah Ryan Gilbert. Yeah, yeah. He, he's in our fantasy football. <clears throat> yeah, league. yeah, he's he's a funny guy. Like I've known him for a couple years now, but never physically met him till that day. And uh, amazing photographer. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I saw I, the pictures he took. I'm of always you. taking pictures of people, so it's cool to actually see how ugly my swing is on camera. <laughs> Um, he tried his best, he said, but uh, no, it was it was a fun time. Tough course. We had like a two-hour weather delay because of rain. Um, what was it? Was it better ball or was it? So it was 36 holes. It was best ball the first 18, and then it was like pure alternate shot. So me and him, we chose like based off our first round. So he, he got all the holes with the part threes because his iron game was better. I got all the holes, like the odd number. I think the odd numbers had all the par fives because I was driving the ball better that day. And uh, it was definitely, the scores definitely fluctuated. And we just kept our pace. And, you know. We so you guys went in with some strategy. Yeah, a little bit. But we had a shootout at the end. Luckily, the guys we had the shootout with, I think they had a little more fun on the course than we did. <laughs> so our... our um, they weren't in it to win it. They were. They were just... 
having a little more fun. <laughs> and I would have been, but we walked, and it was so humid that day. It was, and Yale is a tough, tough walk. It is. It's I, a I tough played walk. there, and um, I remember it. I, I played it in August. Yeah, it's a tough walk. It was brutal. But, uh, yeah, it was like a 75-yard shot, blind shot into the green, closest to the pin wins, and... I, RJ's like, you want me to take it? I was like, no, I got it. Oh, wow. I'm taking the shot. I want this. <laughs> I was, and uh, yeah, pulled it out. Got a nice little Bettinardi putter out of it. It was cool. Bettinardi, those putters are awesome. Yeah, I haven't used it yet. Have I, you, do you have any others? No, I had one um, that I gave to a buddy of mine. Not because I didn't like it. I just already had a couple putters, and I was just like, whatever. He asked for it, and I gave it to it. I'm like, you know. Salvation Army with my golf equipment. Like I have a buddy that has my irons, a couple shirts, a bag. I I just I don't know. I just buy stuff and get it away. I'm just I was at a I was at a party like maybe three years ago and um I met Bob uh Bettinardi. And I remember thinking like this guy is probably, you know, just a really, really good salesman. Mm-hmm. And then you start talking to him and you realize the dude's a scientist. Is you he? Know? Oh yeah, he's he's a total. Um, well, who helped too with their milled face? Bettinardi and Scotty to Scotty Cameron, or vice versa? Because I, I heard it was Bettinardi to yeah, Scotty. Yeah, who, I mean, of course, that's yeah. what he claims. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Yeah. I, you know, you'll never know the truth. Yeah. But I will say, like, I was I was really impressed. I thought I was going to meet like a. I thought talking to him when they yeah. when I was introduced to him, I thought, oh, here's a typical sales executive. You know, he probably has a team of engineers. No, he's way involved in that awesome. process, and he's that's pretty cool. It was technical. cool. It was cool. The package it came in because it had the certificate of authenticity, like to the you know most utmost degree of information. Where it was built, what time, when it was. It was pretty cool. Yeah, he makes quality stuff. Yeah, I'm probably gonna start using it because I think it's a little bit longer than my current putter. I like that I can just stand up with it, but we'll see. It's You're going to use that putter? Yeah, why not? It doesn't go on the mantle? I don't have a mantle yet. <laughs> I, I have a wall in my house that I want to put stuff in, but right now everything's in a box. So until I until I put it up, I'll just use it. You know. But I've got a couple other putters that I really enjoy. Uh, I have a custom putter that's made out of straight maple. With like uh you know my chevrons from my rank as in the army is like the alignment tool uh this guy out of portland uh, portland somewhere in oregon but uh bradley putters he he customizes putters is that the same that's the same guy that made jay's putter yep yeah yeah i've seen those before too um I can't remember if somebody see that see i always thought those were for like um display no the i mean 1,000% 1,000% could display it, but they putt pure. They're they're very nice. And he and the best part about um, him is, the you know, it chips the acrylic, send it back, he'll redo it. Like, he lifetime warranty on it. Really? Like, yeah. Like, Have you had any problems with yours? No. Mm-mm. And I was scared, too, because I've used it in the rain before, and, like, I was afraid, like, it would mess with, like, the acrylic or whatever, but hasn't done anything to it. See, to his credit, I mean, if you can, if, you know, there's... A guy that's living in America and he's so passionate about doing that stuff, and, and if he's willing to put forward a lifetime warranty, usually those guys make good on that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, he like crushes. If you send it back to him. I've seen some designs he's made. He made one putter look like a fish aquarium. Oh it was, wow! It was awesome. Like it was, it was pretty cool. 
But uh, yes, yeah, so you don't. You'll never get that stuff out of a big shop. No, absolutely not. Because they're he, all worried about. He does everything. He does everything in his home shop. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. But yeah, as far as golf goes, I mean, I probably started getting like really serious about it. Probably 2017. Like I really got involved. That's in crazy. Like, when did you join Pro Reserve Links? 2019. 2019. Yeah. So wow, we're only two years here. in. You know what's funny? I, I, have, I have had people that have said to me like, um, they'll want to join and they'll say, well, you know, I just, I've just started playing and I'm thinking to myself like, oh, I don't know if you're going to, I don't know if this is for you, <laughs> yeah. you know? But I think today with technology and clubs, like people can pick it up pretty quickly or at least get to the point where they can play with other people, you know? Like you yeah. don't have to be good to play fast. Well, you know, you play fat, you play good, you play fast, you play bad, you play faster. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's really how it goes. Like that's, I learned that out pretty quick. Like my, my first round. I went out with my brother-in-law. He took me out for an etiquette round. And, you know, once I got to an eight, he was like, pick up, let's go. Yeah. And, you know, and I learned that quick. Like, I'm not trying to hold people up. And uh, so I, I, I was actually at um, Bandon by myself. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And they paired me. They paired me with this group. And I got to the first tee. And I was like, you know, have you guys? I said to the one guy, I was like, have you played here before? And he's like, dude. I've never even played golf before. I was like, and you're here? He's like, yeah, my friend over here is getting married. We're here for a bachelor party. And I was thinking, like, right away, I thought to myself, like, oh, this is going to be, I'm not getting, like, I was hoping to play, the, you know, Bay yeah. Dunes and then Pacific Dunes. And the afternoon, I thought, I'm never making it to Pacific Dunes. And to this guy's credit, like, the caddy told him, like, hey, look, I know you've never played before. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to take a couple shots. He's like, you're not going to get to the green. We're going to pick up your ball. We're going to throw it on the green. You're going to make a couple putts, and we're going to go to the next hole, yeah. and we're going to get done. And the guy was like, that sounds great. You know, and yeah. all he wanted to do is sit there and bang a bunch yeah, of beers anyway. Yeah, like a know? guy like that with his bad, <laughs> or friend's badger party, because I'm sure he was in that group chat like, dude, I don't, I don't want to do this, but he's something I would do. Like, I just want to be with the boys. Like, you know what I mean? But but it was it was cool because on totally total opposite sides of the spectrum, like, they couldn't believe that I was there by myself. And they're like, yeah. what are you doing here? And I was like, I'm actually just driving yeah. through, you know? <laughs> driving through? Where are you from? Pennsylvania. Yeah. And they couldn't, they couldn't even, like, they couldn't um, fathom that somebody would come there by themselves, you know? And I was like, this so, is one of the best golf courses in the country. Yeah, you know, that. I, you know what? I was big on that. I was big on like not, not, I was scared. I didn't like to travel by myself. And I did that trip once to Pinehurst. Um, I had a buddy of mine, a, a coworker of mine, invite me to the Masters. And <clears throat> what year? 23. So 21, October 2020 invites me to the Masters. And I'm like, yeah, 100%. Had and you ever been to the Masters? Before? No. Absolutely not. And I would never, you know, I did the whole lottery thing or whatever. It's impossible these days. It, it, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. So he got tickets through the lottery though. So yeah, how it was explained to me was he was a coworker of mine in eight years in the industry or six years at that point. I've probably seen him 10 times. It's like I said, we all have different jobs. I work nights, he works days, whatever. But we knew each other. Invites me, says his aunt used to work used to be like the COO of Girl Scouts of America. And, you know, the, um, what's his name? The, uh, the head of Augusta. Fred Ridley? Yeah. You know, Chairman, Chairman Ridley does a lot of stuff with Girl Scouts of America. So he had two tickets to the Masters 
for a two-day two day tickets, Wednesday and Thursday. I'm like, dude, I'm in. Whatever you need. You want to ask your wife? No. You want to check your schedule? No. I'm in. So now I'm invested in this coworker that I rarely speak to. I need to keep the peace. So like I text him every couple of weeks. Oh man, did you see the game last night? Like, <laughs> you know, I'm just super excited to have an, a, the opportunity to go to the Masters. So now we're getting kind of like into f- January, February, and I'm like, hey, we need to like start locking this down. Um, do you want to fly? Do you want to drive? Like, how do you want to do it? I just put in my vacation. Yeah, me too. Whole nine. So I'm like, hey, let's drive. We'll go to Pinehurst for two days on me as a thank you. I'll set everything up. He's like, perfect. So I set up, I call Pinehurst, boom, put the deposit down, pay for the hotels. We're going to play two and eight. Then we're going to drive to Augusta. Those are the two best in my opinion. Yeah. And eight, it just opened, uh, reopened or they're about to close or something. You know, it's their centennial course. And I'd never been to Pinehurst. And... It's funny because my best friend at work, uh, who knows nothing of golf, he talks to me like a week before I'm supposed to leave for the Masters. And he's like, are you excited? I looked it up. Like he's that out of golf that he doesn't even know what the Masters is. I looked it up. It looks pretty important. Like you got to be excited. And I had kind of like these, this like gut feeling like something was wrong. And he was like, you're nuts. Like, you're fine. I was like, eh, I don't know. So the night before, I, I text my coworker. And I'm like, hey, man, I'll pick you up. He lives right over the border in Pennsylvania. I said, I'll pick you up. We'll shoot down 81 or whatever. And, and, and you know, get to 95 or however. We'll go to Piners. Okay. I'm leaving my house at 730. Okay. I wake up the next morning. I'm packed. I got outfits planned. I'm, I've got everything ready to go. I think I'm texting you because you were already down there. Probably. And uh, <laughs> at 7.28, I get this text message on my phone. And I'm like, and I just shove it in my wife's face. And I slam on the bed. And she's like, what? And the text said, because he used to be in the army like a million years ago. So he tries to like relate. Stand by, stand by. Oh. <laughs> Don't leave your house. <laughs> so I'm like, I knew it. So he says that his father was in the hospital. He lives in Florida and he had to go down there because it was life threatening. So I was like, okay. So I was like, so can I come to your house to get the ticket? I'm sorry for your father, but I'm about to be in the car. Like, I'm going to Pinehurst. I'm going to Masters. Like, give me the ticket. Yeah, already booked. Let's go. So he text messages me, says, my aunt has the tickets at Will Call. I said, all right, man. Listen, this seems a little weird. But I'm about to drive 14 hours to Georgia with no inclination of anything. Like, I, I don't know. So then I get a text message from a random number, and it's from his aunt. And I put that in quotes because, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll know soon. And it's this whole thing like, hey, Carl, let me know, blah, blah, blah. The tickets will be there. Thank you. You know, this is a hard time for our family. His father's very sick. And I knew his father was sick because he used to do our job and on Facebook or whatever the prior winter he was in the hospital old guy 
And who would make up a story about their father? Yeah. So shoot down to Pinehurst. My wife's like, what if the tickets don't exist? I was like, but it's the masters. What if they do? If they don't exist, I turn around and come home. And I'd be very upset. So I drive to Pinehurst. I have the best two days ever by myself. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I got really lucky with the foursomes I got paired up with. I met so many people in like the little Irish bar in the village. Like Pinehurst was the coolest time I've had by myself ever. So the next, the, the day I'm driving to Georgia, I literally missed a tornado coming across Columbia, South Carolina by like 10 minutes. I'm in traffic. I'm sending this guy pictures like, holy crap, there's trees everywhere. How are you doing? Uh, what's our what's our timeline like? All these questions. And uh, he's like, oh, I'm going to be at my buddy's condo tonight at like 1230. In Pinehurst? At, oh, in Augusta. So now the spidey senses go off again. This is the first I've heard of somebody's condo. We were talking about hotels a month ago. Like, what are you talking about your friend's condo? Who has a condo in Augusta? I know Augusta doesn't have condos. I've been to Augusta. It's a, not a nice place. And um, so I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's a small town. It's not a big city. It's, it's near an army base. And in, in retrospect, anywhere near an army base is not relatively nice. So I'm like, okay, man. Why would he lie? <laughs> So I said, listen, this is the hotel I'm staying at. Be at my hotel at 7, 6.30 in the morning. So we want to get there early. We wanted to see the opening ceremony. Like, you know. So when I wake up, 6.31, I'm calling him, I'm texting him, I'm calling him, texting him, nothing. Then I get another text message from a random number. Now it's Chairman Ridley's assistant. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. The ant hit me up, like all this. And uh, the assistant is like, do you need a swag bag? Do you need a chair? Do you need this? At this point, I'm like, forget this, dude. I'm out. I'm just going to go. So I go to the course. I park like a half a mile away. Actually, over it was pretty cool, like where the uh, all the uh, companies set up their, their big trailers. Yeah, like their, their hitting net, you know. They're whole equipment trucks. And I park over there and I send the one last text message because you can't bring your phone inside. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to the gate. She's like, all right, I'll meet you there. I get to the gate and I'm like thinking in my head, I'm like, she has no idea what I look like. She didn't ask what I look like. She didn't ask what I was wearing. She like, there was very no specifics and there are thousands of people right now. Yeah. Makes no sense. So I talked to security. I go to will call, no, 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 no. I'm there for about 35 minutes, and I'm like, you know what? Talking to the security guy was so cool, too. Like, you know, I probably look like a terrorist standing outside this gate. I was Sadly, so he's probably heard this story before. A hundred times. A million times. And I said, you know what, sir? I'm going to go back to my car. If I don't have a text message, a call, anything, something's very wrong. I get back to my car. Only text message was from my wife. Have a great day. Oh. I start like tearing. I'm <laughs> like, oh my God. I, I've been catfished. I said, oh my gosh. So I try to call the guy again. 
and nothing. Text the the aunt, nothing. Text the you know uh, assistant, nothing. I'm like, oh my god. And then I get a text message from the aunt. Have you seen? Have you seen him? He's missing. We can't get a hold oh of him. Blah, blah, blah. It's a whole story. And I'm like, no. Where's my ticket? Like, I don't care at this point. So, shoot forward. I don't get in the first day. I had some friends actually, coincidentally, uh, a, a member here and his son were there. So they met. They met up with me, and uh, I told them the story, and they're like, "Oh my god, like, that's weird. Like, why would anybody do that?" I was like, "I don't know." So we drink. We go in the NetJets tent. I meet Patrick Harrington, a couple other golfers, and it's just a mess. And my wife the whole time's like, "Come home. <laughs> well, this is so weird. Come home." Yeah. So I was like, "All right, babe, I'll come home in the morning." I drank a little too much. I'm not gonna drive home tonight. So I wake up in the morning and uh, those buddies helped me get a ticket. And uh, I got to go in on Thursday. I hung out with them and it was a great day. So horror story had a good ending at least. Yeah, I mean, without that guy, I never would have went to Augusta because I never in a million years would have thought people were scalping tickets or you could buy a ticket off StubHub or whatever. Like I tell people all the time, like if you really want to go to the Masters, you can go. You're just going to pay three times the price, four times the price, depending yeah. on who's in it. But um, it's, a, it's a whole thing though, because people are afraid, people are afraid to go down there with no ticket. I've done it before. It's, it's stress. It's not easy. It's stress, but it's not, it's very much doable. I remember picking up this ticket. It was from some guy's house in Augusta. It was like a ranch. This guy's tent in front of his house was bigger than his house. And he had five people in there. Selling, selling tickets. tickets, they probably made between the four of them, five five of them, hundred and fifty grand that weekend. There's a lot of sketchy stuff that goes on down there with tickets. Um, it, it's just like if you try to convince somebody that's never been there before and never seen it, yeah, they they just they're they're no. terrified because who lives near? First of all, who lives near there? Nobody lives near there. But try to tell somebody from like New York City, like, hey, if you really want to go down there, you could go to Washington Road and probably <laughs> maybe probably scalp a ticket. See, I wouldn't get it off Washington Road because those people, like the guy at that house, he's like, if you're not here an hour after the the whole tournament ends, I'm charging your credit card like ten thousand dollars. And I laughed. I was like, good luck. But, um, oh, he wanted you to come back because he's reselling the ticket? He's reselling the ticket. Yeah. He, so gave, he, had, a, he, had, a, he had a four-day pass. Like, my ticket said four-day pass on it. And I had to bring it, like, I would say by, like, 9 p.m., that ticket had to be back at his tent, at his house. Yeah, because he's got somebody that's looking he's for it. He's reselling it the next day, yeah. And that was the year Tiger, that was Tiger's, like, first year back. And he was like, dude, if Tiger makes it to Sunday, like I'm gonna, this ticket will go for a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, I mean, uh, I've told people, and I've even posted on the forum, on the PL forum, like, if you really want to go, here's here's kind of how it works and how you yeah. go. But people are still just, they're just nervous it's to nervous. do it. You know? Yeah, but you know what? If you make it, if you, if plus, you, like, you don't want to, you don't want to tell your family and all your friends, like, hey, I'm going down to the Masters. Maybe, you know, <laughs> yeah. like there's nothing worse than going all the way there and, and not getting in or whatever, yeah. you know? So the best part is I'm driving home and I'm just, have you ever talked to this guy since? Yeah. So what not, was his story? He was just, a, he had no story. 
Uh, so he's just a liar. Yeah, yeah. He. The best part is he didn't even take vacation that week. He was at work all week. Oh, he didn't think you were going to find that out? I don't know. So it took me about three weeks to like go up to his, like his area where he worked and like confront him. I texted him a couple times, but he like uh, blocked me or whatever. He blocked you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I finally went up to his office and I just kind of whistled. And I was like, he looked up. He got, oh, I was like, you know. Would you think I wasn't going to come up here? Like, well, what, are you, what are you doing? And I made that decision in my mind that it wasn't worth really being aggressive about it because I just had to look at the good side. Like, you know, I got to walk Augusta. I got the to Piners. be there. I met, yeah, I went to Piners. I met Wayne Gretzky. I had a nice 20 minute conversation with him and his daughter. You know, she's very nice. Paulina. Yeah, yeah. She she smells like what heaven smells like, I think. <laughs> I met her at uh, Bedminster, I've actually. met her a few times. I met her at the Liberty uh, Northern Trust at Ridgewood. But, um, yeah. So there was a lot of good, a lot of good that came out of good, the trip. But it was like, if this guy could concoct this whole... like, And my wife said to me... Why do people do it, though? That's what I don't well, understand. Well, my wife, I, you know... My wife said to me, did you wrong this guy in any way? And I was like, no. And it was like to the truest form. Like, because I'm not, you know, I'm friendly, but, you know, whatever. We're all, we all have our things. And I had to think to myself, have I? And I was like, no, never. Like, I've never screwed him over at work or anything like that. He didn't take his hours. No, I didn't take his <laughs> hours. And uh, I just laughed. I just giggled. I was like, all right, if this guy can do this, like, I'm not going to try to go after this guy. Because I said to him that day, I was like, you owe me money. Like, I just want the cost of the ticket, and I'll keep it moving. Everything else I would have spent normally. So I'm not worried about it. I think he gave me like 100 bucks, and he was like, that was it. And I was just like, I'm done. But, uh, yeah, at this stage of our lives, it's not worth nah. beating the shit out of somebody over. No, and I'll lose my job, too. You, so. you, know, what I, you know what I've started to say about things like this? Like, I've, I've started to realize that, you know, a part a part of it is is like my own fault or or part of this is your fault for trusting him or believing him yeah and maybe you shouldn't have i mean it was, it's the equivalent of a kid in a van like candy yeah augusta tickets yeah, like yeah, yeah. got me you just want to believe <laughs> it so me. bad yeah, you, know? you got me <laughs> but it was it was awesome i mean the day i went to was thursday and it was i mean it was so nice out it was like 77 degrees it was the hottest day of the whole week I think Friday, it was like 52 degrees. I think Saturday, I think they even had like almost like a frost delay. Like it was, it was cold. And uh, for Georgia, you know, 55 degrees is freezing. Um, so I got lucky. And like I said, I learned something about myself. I could travel by myself. You know, I don't always have to need somebody there with me. Like yeah, you don't need to go with a group. Yeah. You'll probably, find the group there. Yeah. And, you know, you go to a place like Bandon. Uh, or Piner, so these resort places, you're going to meet and talk to people. Well, you know what's really cool about PL or what I really enjoy is when I see, like, when you went to Bandon, um, you went with Mavros. Yeah. Had you, you never met Mavros before? I right? met him twice. Okay, so you that. did yeah. know him. Short, short interactions, but, you know, not enough to travel to Bandon together, no. See, and that's what I love to you hear, I mean? right? Like, you know, I knew Mavros. I played a couple rounds with him, and... That's it, you know, but nothing to be like, 
hey, let me cross the continent <laughs> with you to go to Bandon <laughs> Dunes. You know, this this horrific journey to Bandon Dunes. I mean, and that was such a last minute thing. And like when with me, like I'm so particular with logistics of a trip and this and that. So it was funny, like my daughter, she lives in Oklahoma. So she was visiting that time. So I had to plan getting to Bandon with taking my daughter back home to Oklahoma. So she had just gotten her license. So I bought her a car. So I was like, all right, you know what? We'll drive back. I'll leave out Oklahoma City, fly into Eugene, rent a car and drive down. So all right, cool. So my daughter and I have a great two day drive to Oklahoma City from New Jersey. And uh, she drops me off at the, at the hotel in Oklahoma City. She drives back to Stillwater. I get to my flight at 5 a.m. My flight was supposed to be like 6.30, 7 a.m. And <laughs> it was delayed. And it was like New Year's Day. New Year's Day? Yeah, New Year's Day. So delayed, 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 delayed. Now people are starting to like go down and get lunch and stuff. So my bags are on the flight. My, my clubs are on the flight. And me and about 12 other people don't hear. The last we heard, it was delayed. We walked down to get lunch. It was like 12 of us. We don't hear the announcement that they just were like, they lifted whatever hold was on the flight. I think it was like a, an employee issue at that point. So we missed our flight. And we run down. And I mean, we're, we were nuts. I was that guy in the airport. I, I'm definitely on somebody's cell phone. I was screaming. I was so upset. So now my bags, my golf clubs are in Eugene. So now the lady, after I apologized six times to her, she books me the worst flight on the planet. She's like, oh, I've rebooked you. It was like leaving Oklahoma City, going to Florida, going to Atlanta, going to Minnesota. Oh. Like It was like a 19-hour travel day. I was like, no. So I went online. I, I rebooked a flight. And uh, so I get there the next day again, 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm in the same clothes as I was the day before. I made the Uber driver bring me to like a Walgreens or something, 7-Eleven, and get a toothbrush and, and soap. And uh, the flight was delayed again. So I originally, I was like, screw it. So I just spent like 500 bucks on another flight on another airline Finally get to Eugene. I miss Pacific Dunes and Bandon Dunes, oh. which I was so bummed about because according to Mavros, it was like the best weather day. He had to tell you that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he was like, yeah, it was great. Great day today. <laughs> so um, I get to Eugene. I get in my rental car and it's like about four o'clock. It was rainy, overcast, and I've been to two war zones, okay? I would rather walk through Fallujah <laughs> blasting Bruce Springsteen with an American flag t-shirt <laughs> than do that drive from Eugene to Bandon at nighttime ever again. I mean, two lanes, you got logging trucks coming at you. It's misty, it's dark, there's no service on your cell phone. It's like six inches of off-ramp and a gully 
I was like, oh my God. I wanted to look up the stats and see like how many people have died on that road. And I think the number wouldn't even be truthful. Like, so I did that drive, but, yeah. I, and, and, um, but I did it in the day. I did it during the day. Yeah, no, the day coming back, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful drive. Beautiful. Like seeing how people live in, in, you know, in, in the Pacific Northwest, it's amazing. But at night, nah, never again. <laughs> I'll stay the night and I'll drive the next morning. Like never again. It yeah. was it was terrifying, and it's only two lanes. So it's like what would have taken me an hour and a half took me two and a half hours. And I finally get to Bandon. I remember pulling up to Bandon. It's dark. It's probably like had to be a little later. I don't think I got there till like eight o'clock. It's drinking time. It's drinking time. And I have this. I don't know if it's this label to me, like that I'm always ready to go. You're always ready to go. So <laughs> when I got there, there was so much hype with Mavros and his two buddies. His brother-in-law was there and his other buddy. <laughs> I had like three drinks. I was like, oh, I'm going to bed. Oh, and you I let just, Mavros down. <laughs> yeah, oh, Mavros was furious. So like Mavros was the king on that trip. Like he 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 wanted to he wanted it all. Uh, we had a nice dinner, I think, over at Pacific Dunes. and uh, Is that the seafood place? Yeah. Yeah, delicious. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Bandon, and I, I've said this to you, I've said this to a bunch of people that have asked, like, for an East Coast guy, is it, is it logistically easier to go to Scotland or Ireland? Probably. But, man, there's not, a, there's not an upset person at Bandon. From the staff to the crappiest golfer that's never played before everybody's happy like everybody's cheerful like i've never seen such hospitality i i actually think i did a review and i said uh the worst thing about this course was the bed was too comfortable <laughs> like, i didn't want to leave the bed it was so comfortable um yeah the guy that owns it mike kaiser he does an unbelievable job yeah there. and i mean the staff i mean you can tell like they want to be there. So, like, leading up to the trip, I, I had said to Mavros, like, I want a female caddy. And he was like, oh, rah. I was like, no, man. Because if a female is caddying at Bandon Dunes, they legitimately want to be there. Yeah. Like, they're not doing it for money. They, they legitimately want to be there. So, I had this caddy, Amber Iverson, and her boyfriend, Joe, I forget his last name, but he he's a... Phenomenal golfer. I think he's part of a Burning Car Society. Um, they met at Pinehurst. I think she was a bartender at the like the, like the distillery they have there, yeah. Pine, Pinehurst Brewery. And he was a caddy there. Um, so we had those two as a team, and Amber was my caddy. Wow, he got the bartender to move to Bandon with him. I mean, <laughs> he had he had that charisma to him, I guess. But, <laughs> um, but she was the best. Oh, my God. And then... <laughs> She kept joking because I kept getting the pale ales, and I forget it's raining or whatever. We're we're on uh, Old McDonald. That was my first round, and it was like a little overcast, a little rainy, but it was it was a great day. And I think we're on like the tenth hole, and she's like, "Hey man, you gonna drink these beers?" I had like four <laughs> beers in the bag. She's like, "I'm gonna just start pouring them out. Like this bag's getting heavy. It's raining." I said, "Oh my bad." <laughs> She's making me shotgun beers. I'm like, my bad. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like 
I'm all about the female caddies, man. They they legitimately want to be there. They she was the best. She yeah, she, to, was, she killed it. To be well, first of all, to be a caddy, whether you're a male or female, I mean, it's not the easiest job. No, they're known as journeymen. I mean, they travel all over the country. Yeah. They're working in one region in the winter and one region in mm-hmm. the summer. I actually, I always ask the caddies like. Hey, where do you work in the winter? Yeah, you know? and yeah. all of them have a club down in Florida or Texas oh, yeah, or Arizona that they go to. It depends on how far and how much it costs to get to where they're going. Yeah, know? we're not a big we're not a big walking course here. Uh, that's you guys a, have caddies here? We do. We have four caddies for the most part. We can walk, which I just kind of learned. Like I, we had the qualifier for the club championship last weekend, and one of the guys walked, and I was like, "Oh man, we can do that." I was like, "I didn't know that. Like, <laughs> I do that all the time." <laughs> But uh, our staff, they always return, but they always go to Florida in like the winter. Like our 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 hospitality staff. Oh yeah, yeah. We go to like a skeleton crew in the winter. People that don't travel, but for the most part, like you know, we have a lot of people from South Africa and Romania and stuff. And they go down to Florida. Yeah, I remember sitting on the bar at the bar out here. You had um, uh, a girl from was it Ukraine? No, Romania. Romania, yeah, and then yeah. a guy, a guy from South uh, Africa. South Africa. Yeah. yeah, both those people, really nice. People. Yeah, they're back. They've been here for as long as I've been here. So uh, the girl, the girl that was caddying for you in Bayonne, where does she work? Does she go to Pinehurst in the in in an off season or no? I guess there is no off season no, in Bayonne. Bandon's always. It's always. I mean, we were there degrees. in January. <laughs> You know, and she was there, so it's uh, always miserable there. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> like I would, I, I definitely want to go back. Um, Which courses did you play? So I played Old McDon- Old McDonald the first day and Trails, which was awesome. Like yeah. if I had to get my two rounds in, I'm glad it was those two because they were so different. You know, Bandon's off the water. It's a little like kind of woodlandy kind of, and they say it's the hardest walk, but I didn't carry my bag, so I was fine. Like I actually joked to the to the caddy after I played Yale how hard the walk was, and her response was harder than trails. I was like, well, I didn't carry my bag of trails, <laughs> and she goes, true. <laughs> did you did you do any of those? Um, they have really cool balanced uh, push carts or pull carts. No. Did you see them? Where at? Uh, Abandoned. No. Only carts I really saw like uh, that I noticed was like. This group of like people in front of me on Old McDonald, they had like all the electric carts that were following them. I'm like, oh, those weren't there when I was there. Well, I'm almost positive they brought them. Oh, probably. Yeah, because they weren't. They had these self balancing carts. So you like tip it and then it's weightless. It's it's pretty unbelievable. That's pretty cool. Like I, I feel like if I'm not getting a caddy, I'm carrying my bag. Yeah. So I would I would what I did was I did a caddy in the morning and then I just pulled in the afternoon. Yeah. If I felt yeah pretty good. You yeah. Know? But for me, like I knew I, I budgeted for caddying uh, because that's their job, you know. And uh, I like to put money back into the economy. So. You know, and it's awesome at that point. Like the caddy experience, there, it's the best. It's part of the but whole. But it could also break your round too. Like I played Plainfield, and I had one of the worst caddies I've ever had in my life. He was terrible. <laughs> I mean, we we were there for like a Monday event, so I don't think he was as, as interested in us because like we weren't members. But like, terrible. Yeah, was like, that happens. Eh, but not it, much abandoned. No. The caddy, um, the caddy that I had abandoned. I mean, this was unbelievable. He, I said to him, he's like, well, you know, I'm kind of 
because I told him like, you know, I love playing these courses. I like travel and playing yeah. these courses. He's like, well, you know, I have a pretty unique goal myself. I was like, oh, you, you're trying to play courses too? And he's like, no, no. <laughs> um, my goal is I want to see how, how far I can, how long I can go without spending money. And I was like, you mean like, what do you mean like spending money? He's like, well, I haven't spent any money in over a year. And I was like, you haven't spent a dollar. Is he bartering? Yeah, you're trading peanuts. You haven't spent a dollar in over a year. He's like, no. He's like, I said, so wait a second, where do you live? He goes, well, I'll show you in a couple holes. He's like, I live on the beach. He's like, I have a tent. Is this like that homeless guy that lived at Cyprus and became a caddy there? Like, probably, probably. But this kid, he so he he shows me he's his his little like domain on the beach, (laughs) and he's got a tent there, and he's like, yeah, I live there. And I'm like, wait a second, you spend money on food? And he's like, no. He's like, we get employee meals here. Oh. He's like, when we're working. And I was yeah. like, so you... They get three rounds. Yeah. Yeah, they don't pay for rounds. And I'm like, so you work every single day? He's like, I, I, he's like I've taken a couple days off, but I haven't eaten those days. And I'm like, I just... He's like, I come back to work the next day, and then I, I, I grab an employee meal, and I'm good to go. He's got to be the richest person ever. Yeah, that's what if I, I said. If I didn't spend money for a year, I'd be fine. I was like, so wait a second. Do you go, do you go anywhere in the off-season? He's like, nah, man, travel expenses. <laughs> I mean, he's, it, it, it hinders the goal, right? Because if he goes somewhere and he's got to get a get a get like even take public transportation, that's going to cost money. So he's like, Pacific Northwest is a beast. Ugh. It's a different world. He like, was like, I want to see, I want to see if I can go five years without spending five money. years. <laughs> My first follow up question: What are you saving up for? Like, what is this just a random goal? Like, well, I asked him that. I said, what, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when you're done with this? And he's like, I have no plans. And How I was old like, is this guy? maybe 30 that's amazing yeah he's just a he's just the ultimate journey i wish sometimes i had that mindset to where i can do minimal living like but i can't like i have a buddy I there's grew, a lot of downfalls with i grew him. up in i grew up in a town in north jersey westfield and my best friend our town was separated by train tracks it's not so much like that anymore but when i lived there 30 years ago it was north side south side North side was affluent, south side, not so much. So my best friend was from North Side. He was uh, his family was a member at uh, uh, some course in North Jersey. I forget the name, but anyway, and I wasn't. I was the little kid from the south side, whatever. And uh, our lives have taken taken such a drastic turn now. He works for corporate America in the city. Is is his fiance does, but the year before COVID, 2019, they took a sabbatical and they through hiked the Appalachian Trail. It changed their life, changed their whole outlook on life, everything. And then COVID happened. Their job said, hey, we're not doing office work anymore. And they left. They were living in Hoboken. They were paying like three grand for a one bedroom apartment and blah, blah, blah. So what they did, they went up to Western Massachusetts, bought like 87 acres. <laughs> his house is literally like on the top of a mountain. And he's like trying his best to live off the grid. It's ridiculous. And like, he'll joke with me. Like he'll see my post and be like, oh, cool. And you really took to the life. And I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, it's so beyond saving money for those people. They just want to, like for this guy, it wasn't about saving the money. It was about, can I go five years yeah, without spending Yeah, it was just a goal. Money, I know? mean, we yeah. all have- that's a weird goal, but you know, especially if he's not saving money for anything in particular, just to say that he can do it. But like, 
I'm not going a couple like as much walking as those guys do abandon like he's got to be in pretty good shape to take more than two days off and not eat like it's a I, little I said to him what 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 happens when the tent needs repair and he was like we haven't had a storm that bad yeah <laughs> he's like but if that happens I mean I might, well, I'll tell you what, I might have to spend that, some money that wind <laughs> that wind that I had on uh when we played sheep ranch the next day was some of the most aggressive wind I've ever seen in my life. What did like you I, think about that course? So I, I really couldn't experience it. I mean, I'm telling you, the they had the flags wrapped up. The pins were like this. Like when I tell people, it was legitimately probably 50 mile an hour sustained winds. Ugh. The first comment is, ooh, did you have a wind reader? <laughs> no, man. My face felt it. <laughs> so we're out there, and it was actually the day that me... Mavros and his buddy Dave were gonna have like our match, like our money match. We we're like, all right, we're all good. <laughs> there was a par three, I think it was. I, I don't know for everybody watching this that's gonna say I have the wrong hole, but there was a par three on the front, and it was about a hundred and thirty-seven, hundred forty yards. And I hit a three wood as hard and as solid as I can. And I came up short. No. I mean, and I can hit a three wood pretty decently. It came up short. I mean, the wind was aggressive. I hit an eight iron into a hole, and the ball landed behind me. Oh, wow. Yeah, just went like just straight behind me. I was like, oh, this will be fun. Did you play every course there? No. no Which no. ones didn't you play? Oh. I didn't play pack dunes. I was supposed to play pack dunes that afternoon of sheep ranch but because the weather was so bad my caddy was like listen we'll die like if you go near some of the edges and as windy as it is like we could really like it's not good it's not worth it so all right i won't so i didn't play banded dunes back dunes so you played banded trails old mcdonald and the sheep ranch and the preserve and preserve preserve's cool yeah preserve is pretty and you know what was cool about the preserve is we we ended sheep ranch we got to seven and i was like i'm cool guys the wind doesn't bother me but if it starts raining we're done and as soon as that last syllable of done came out of my mouth i turned my head and a raindrop hit me dead in the eyeball oh. it dropped every pound of my body to the ground i thought i got shot it hurt so bad the rain was coming in sideways and just cracked me so i got up i was like i'm done i'm not playing tomorrow i'm out that so was at the preserve that was at sheep ranch oh sheep ranch so we jumped on 10 and played 10 and 11 which was downwind and we walked off and that was it and uh, because we weren't playing anymore joe and amber got to hang out with us i bought everybody lunch and uh we were like, all right, well, I guess that's our day. So we went back, the guys and us and myself, we went back to the to the lodge where we were staying. I took a nap, and then I woke up to a call from Mavro saying, look outside, it's nice, let's go play preserve. I was like, we don't have a tea time. He's like, dude, we'll be fine. So we just went to the preserve and jumped on, and it was beautiful out. Yeah, like, it was like the eye of the storm almost. Like it was really nice, and it was a great ending to the trip. I would say to anybody going to Bandon, they end their trip with preserve. Yeah, like it's you can play as an eight, some a twelve, some a ten, some. It doesn't matter. 
go out there with some beers and just hack away. When I was there, I, I was not going to play the preserve. And the, the caddy actually told me, he's like, dude, it's a crime if you don't play the preserve. Yeah. I was like, really? He's like, you got to play the preserve. You got to spend some time in the punch bowl. Yeah. Um, you got to go to the preserve, though, with no expectations because, like, you are playing. There are eight sums. There are ten sums. Like, you just got to go out there and just whack it up. But it's definitely cool. Did they tell you the story about the um, the sheep ranch before it was the sheep ranch? No. So the sheep ranch has been there for a long time. Yeah. But it's. I, I mean, I haven't played it now, so I don't know what it's like since they built it up. But when I was there, you had to go to this sporting goods store and... He had to pay the guy that owned the sporting goods. He was partners with Kaiser. There's some weird, weird thing. Is he thing the guy like, with the house off to the right of like three? I don't even know. So there's honest, a house yeah. to the right of like, I think the either the first or third hole that they refused to sell to Kaiser. And they still have that house. They still own that land. And they actually use it. They Airbnb it out to people. Oh, really? It's like, I mean, it's like their back porch it's like a hundred yards and then it's like the ocean that's it's probably beautiful. a great spot <laughs> oh my god i looked it up immediately i was like how can i stay here so they when i was there um you you had to go to this local sporting goods store pay the guy uh like a hundred bucks and then he was just like okay you could go to the sheep ranch like there was no no clubhouse no nobody even working there yeah. it was just like he just set, gave you permission to go and I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it, it was like a one man show. Like the guy would come in the morning, maybe mow the course and that yeah. was it. Like it wasn't, it wasn't in great conditions yeah. or whatever, but you knew the layout was going to be something special if they ever put any money in. Yeah. It. I mean, I, I'm not really big into like golf ar- architecture. I can't look at a course and like really differentiate, you know, architects, but being with Mavros and like him talking He's into it. Oh, yeah. And it was great listening to him because, like, I kind of, like, listened and got to appreciate stuff. And he said Sheep Ranch was amazing. Like, um, There's no bunkers on the course, right? Greenside. Maybe a few? Yeah, not a lot. Um, there's a lot of that um, that gross grass or whatever. The, oh, yeah. Man, you hit in there, you reach in for a ball, you're coming out with just scratch marks on you. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> but... Um, I would love to go back. I have a buddy that I play with here. Well, if you haven't played Bannon or Pacific, you have to go back. Uh, I'm gonna, yeah. Um, it's a place that you go to like every few years. Yeah, and you know what's funny is like somebody asked me like, would you ever go back in January? Every single article, podcast, anything, statistically, January is the best weather you're gonna get. Because you go in the summer, you're playing four times the amount. And you're still going to get wind. You're still going to get rain. You're just going to have longer days. Like, that's the plus. In um, January, the days are longer. No, no, no. In the summer. Oh, in the summer. Yeah, longer. January, you're, you're, you're around. The sun's going down at about 5, 5.30. Um, like, when we were there, when we played 36, like, the last couple holes were kind of racing to, to be done. And we started at, like, 8.10, 8.20 had like a quick bite to eat and straight to trails to tee off but in the summer i mean dude it would be daytime at 10 o'clock at night there i would love to um you know and i have to assess the membership again about this but i would love to like plan a trip there you know it would be cool but it's so difficult because they're so far out yeah and half the guys in our membership can't plan that far 
Right. You know, it's it's very difficult. But it is easy to make a reservation because all you got to do is pay like one night's hotel rate. How far aren't they booking way in advance? Though? Yeah, but they're sold out immediately. Like, yeah, I mean it's, it's well. That's the tough part about these resorts. They're hard. It's it's post COVID. It's it's really hard to get. Yeah, and they don't have enough lodging. Like you know, like for me, like I say, I'll go. Well, back. we got to get that lodge at the Sheep Ranch. Oh, I love that. <laughs> but then you lose you lose the uh, preferred tea times. If you stay off site, then you get like two days tea time, like. To get your tea times. Oh, so if there's no tea times, you're aggressive. screwed. Yeah, it's a that's too far of a drive. That I'm just thinking about Eugene to. I wonder if that place books the tea times for you though. Could be. I Maybe. bet they do. Maybe. One of the cool things about uh, one of the cool things about PL and your trip to Bandit though is I love how the fact that you pl you played it with Chris, who you met a couple times but hadn't really known, and actually Frank, uh, after you did that trip, Frank Nutt. He reached out to me and was like, or he I, said something I, he on did, the forum. No, I think he did the trip before me. He did. Yeah, he, yeah. he did the trip a year ago yeah. and, and um, said that he he had went with, I think, two PL guys who he didn't meet before yeah. that trip. So there's always, there's always like a, the thing I love about golf is like the type of people that I've met through golf that I never would have met, never would have met in my normal life. Our circles don't match up. You know whatever um but the thing i love about golf and it's also kind of risky with taking these random trips is you, you don't know somebody and you can really find out everything you need to know about a person on the golf course like to the to their core yeah whether you even want to ever speak to them again or not yeah i mean you got guys that seem real cool calm and collected outside the golf course but then they miss a 40 foot putt <laughs> and they're throwing their putter like a javelin you know I'm like well, why why did you expect to make that putt like and i've seen it and i think i've broken one club in my whole life and i was like this is this is a mistake like this is expensive it's not worth it there are people doing way worse than me in life but like the thing about pl is again the the people i've met you know like you know, realtors from the city or, you know, Quakers from Pennsylvania, or, you know, <laughs> and, you know, music industry guys from California, uh, like our circles would just normally wouldn't match. And because of golf and that common, that common bond, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's tough. Cause I tell people all the time, like the barrier to get in is you have to be a member at a private club, mm -hmm. first of all. And you also have to be a good guy. Like, basically, like, it's not that hard, but don't let me just catch you in blatant lies. You right. Know? Like, yeah. you, you, you talked about gin doxing before. I mean, these people, you'd be surprised how many people call me and they're like, oh, like I had one guy, oh, I'm a member at Oakmont. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> you know, great. I know, I know multiple people yeah. from Oakmont, you know? And then you come to find out really quickly, like, he's not a member of Oakmont. Yeah. And it's like, this stuff can, unfortunately, with other with other groups today and other communities um, and people taking easily taking advantage of those places, it can, it can turn into something really bad really quickly. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, the thing about PL and other societies that I've been members of or have heard of or whatever is that a lot of these guys, from my experience, are 
club checkers. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. When I joined PL, I'm telling you straight up, I saw how at that time, like the perception that you played some of these courses as regularly as I played county courses, I was like, oh shit, if I become friends with this guy, maybe I'll play this course and this course. Let me join. And, you know, I definitely, that was my intent for sure, joining PL. I was like, I want to play some really nice courses. I don't care how I have to get there. And then it just turned into this whole different thing where we started doing events and I, you know, I started traveling for him and, you know, it's not like, I say traveling, I'm driving to Pennsylvania or well, traveling to Bandon. <laughs> yeah, you know, Bandon, Bandon came after, you know, Bandon came after, you know, me doing the events in the, the war at the shore and Galloway and, you know, Pennsylvania and stuff like that. And, it, you know, it turned into this camaraderie, this friendship yeah. to where now when I see people joining PL where I'm like, whoa, 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 I don't think you're part of our core values here like you gotta go (laughs) i get i get kind of protective a little bit um look everybody wants to play all those courses you know and everybody joins these different these different communities because they want to play those courses but i I, like i i stress to these people especially when they first join like you know don't come in super hot show up to a few events meet people and i promise you like over the long haul you will play these courses. Like yeah. I tell everybody all the time, like you will play all these courses. Well, there's also a way of coming in. You know, it's very, it's very hard to differentiate or, or understand people's motives over text. You know what I mean? It, it, it's like talking to a dog. I can say one thing to a dog in two different tones and get two different reactions. You say something like, hey, I'm coming to Pennsylvania. I want a tea time at Philly Cricket. That's going to come across that hey, I'm going to be in Philly at this time. Can anybody host me? Yeah. And then you're just hoping for Philly Cricket to right, reach out right, right. or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, there's definitely ways. But if and you do that enough, you're absolutely going to play Philly Cricket. 100%. And I tell people, anybody, like, Philly Cricket is an amazing. One of my favorite courses in Philly area. But Philly has the course I played. There hasn't been a bad course yet. Like, there really hasn't. Um, yeah, Philly I think Manufacturers has one of the best opening tee shots in golf. I love Down that the hill, yeah, it's, it's, awesome. it's, it's such a it's such a he-man shot <laughs> like and it's such a sucker shot because you want to go for that green so far but you're really not going to make it <laughs> um but it was a really it's a really cool course but uh as far as that i mean yeah it, it, everybody wants to play nice horses but yeah i mean unfortunately like i could tell you recently a lot of people reach out to me and they're like, oh, well, you know, it looks like if I join uh, PL, I'll just be able to get on the T-sheet at Marion. And it's yeah. like, just because we have people yeah. there or going there, like, yeah. that's not exactly how it works. Yeah. You know, PL- and that was, so, that was such an off, that was such a off chance or uh, invite too. like that, that didn't, it wasn't like, hey, man, if you play all these fling courses, you're going to get invited to Marion. That was just a chance that, that. Like, I played the first fling course. We played Huntington Valley. I never thought I'd get invited anywhere after that because I hated that course because I played so bad. I played so bad, and I had a couple of transfusions, and I told the the historian, Wayne, and I was like, this guy's a, a masochist, man. <laughs> William Flynn is terrible human being. And he's like, I'm pretty sure that was, like, the second thing I've ever said to him. But, uh... 
But no, you keep showing up, right? And yeah. then eventually you find yourself in Marion. <laughs> yeah, and I got lucky. I got to play Marion twice. You know, the first day we went, the first time we tried to play, it was there was an event that got postponed, and we had to play the West Course. And I, I think people also don't realize like the, the the members at these places like they want to host. Like people think like oh they don't really want to host. No, they want to host. Yeah, they only get a limited maybe a limited opportunities to host. Yeah, I mean these upper echelon courses for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean when we went, but when we went to Marion West, I mean Wayne said to me after he was like, oh you know let me know which guys haven't played the East Course yeah. yet. I would love to help help people yeah. get there. You know he wants. To help, it wants to take people there. The um, the objection or, or the hindrance is, you know, the T-sheet fighting the T-sheet to get people there. But I mean, if if there's if there's genuine interest in the property and genuine interest in the course, like of course they want to host yeah. people, you know. Yeah. And um, actually, you got to play Marion West with uh, Capers. Yeah, that was fun. He's that a legend was, there. That was fun. Yeah, I mean. I mean, he's, I, he's, I, we walked. Me and my group walked. He rode, and I tried to ride with him as much as possible, <laughs> or walk with him as much as possible. He's in the car just to hear his stories. So just let it, because that guy can talk. He loves to tell about Baron. That's, and I appreciated that. I'm the same way about Eagle Oaks. Not that I know a percent of the information in this course as he does Marion. I mean, I asked him, I'm like, oh, how long have you been a member? He's like, oh. 82 81 and a half so 81 and a half years i'm like what the hell and come to find out his mother was like a top-notch amateur in the state yeah there's pictures of her hanging up all over the all over the clubhouse he like, put them up yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i would too i mean she and and it's not like he was a scrub he played where'd he play in florida or something like that well or, he he's he's a much better player than he leads people to yeah, believe yeah before <laughs> he's he won club championships there yeah i mean he was a past president there I think he's actually third generation there, probably. Yeah, his grandparents joined there. He said, and he's he's um he's a staple to that place. I mean, when the U.S. Open goes there, the USGA calls him. You know, they yeah. th- he does the interviews. I mean, he's the guy there. Yeah. But you know, it's not it's not um it, it's very rare to be able to play a top ten course in the world. But to play with somebody like him, he's the oldest member there. And it's rare to play in a society a top 10 course and not pay 5X. Yeah. That's the rarity because you have some societies out there, golf clubs or whatever you want to call them, and they say, hey, you want to play Marion or Shinnecock or Oakmont, but you got to pay five grand to do it, knowing, well, most people don't, but when you know what that unaccompanied or accompanied rate is, it's a robbery. So the reason the reason why I've never been interested in that stuff is because one, it's against the club rules, and um, you know the reality, the unfortunate reality is clubs are very against societies today. Yeah. They just are because yeah. they bring about a bunch of people that they just don't want there. Yeah. You know, so course I, checkers. Yeah, course checkers. They just don't want. So I've always went out of our went out of the way to. Make sure that we're chasing after the rules. You know, like we're following all the rules. Yeah. We're, we're we're within the club guidelines. Like a member is hosting our groups. Multiple members are hosting groups. Like at Marion, Wayne and John are hosting our groups, mm-hmm. and we play within the rules. Like I don't ask them for extra groups. You yeah. know, or, or or anything where. And a lot of these clubs, a lot of these other sites, what they're doing is they're either paying the staff to do something on the side, and again, like that's not that's not even the the full experience. Like. I know this is this is not the popular thing to say, but it doesn't count to me. That right. doesn't count to me. Yeah. Like you can't compare, 
going go, going to the first tee before the greens crew starts off and getting kicked off the 18th <laughs> to to a full day at a place like Marion with a yeah. guy like John Capers like you just yeah. can't even compare you know so i think unfortunately a lot of these other places it's get on the tee by any means and if we have to pay the starter or we have to pay the super or we have to pay the pro a little back pocket money to get there I just, it's not, it's not ethical and it's not, it's yeah, not I the mean, way people should, should experience no, the course. No, and that's not why you do what you do and why we are MPL for, you know, it's just connections and camaraderie and, you know, such like, such and so forth, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, and I love like what setting up the dinners also helps a lot. Like if we do the dinners or the social, the social um, aspect at these places, like when we did, we did the Marion dinner in May, and um, we had like Nathan drove from South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, to, to, that's a, that's aggressive. Just to I come to like, dinner. Uh, but you know what? You know what's crazy about that? I mean, that is crazy. First of all, South Carolina or North Carolina? Maybe North Carolina. I don't know. I think it was South Carolina. It Either was, way, it was eight hours. Yeah, plus. he was in the car for a minute. But he drove and he got there and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I just came to because he hadn't come to an event before. Mm-hmm. He wanted to meet some guys. So he figured, like, hey, am I ever going to get the opportunity yeah. to go back to Marion? And here's a dinner at yeah. Marion. Be able to show up to the dinner. Yeah. And you know, um, he he he's a, happens to be a nice guy, great guy." Shows up to the dinner, interested in everything. We do the we do the archives where we eat, we eat dinner, and just the other day Wayne called me and he was like, "Hey, you know, I have two open spots to marry." And he's like, uh, "To the East Course on on the twenty fifth. Like, w- w- remember that guy that drove up from South Carolina? <laughs> like, we we got. I mean, at the dinner, he, Wayne said to me, he's like, "Yeah, that guy. We got to yeah, we have to get him back 100%. here. You know, who drives? You know? I don't drive that long for anything. I was, he that's drove a, that long for and dinner. He drove home that night." Like, he stopped in Virginia, but, like, he came to dinner and started his journey the next day. It's not like he played somewhere the next day with another member. Of his, like, but yeah. he had no intentions of no. playing. You he know? was a cool dude. He no, was he nice showed guy. up for dinner. Yeah. And he drove all that way, and he was like, yeah, you know, I just I haven't been able to meet anyone. I, I joined PL and haven't been really active, and I haven't been able to meet anyone. So I figured, like, this would be a good chance to meet everyone, and the history here is awesome and all this. And like at dinner, Wayne said to me, he's like, yeah, we got to do what we can to get that guy back here, you know? And then he called me a week ago and he's like, hey, you know, I have two open spots. Like, do, do we have some guys that came to that dinner that have not played here? Yeah. How about that guy that drove yeah, from South Carolina? And Nate's playing. He's in. You well, know? It's, like, it's like what I tell what I tell anybody about PL that are in it, that are considering is you get what you put in. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Like my first year in PL... I rarely spoke. I was on the chat, but I didn't really like get into it. And then when COVID happened, um, I started to meet more people because a lot more people were home or whatever. And then, you know, last year I had, you know, I had the time in the summer and it was like, all right, I'm going to let it rip. And that's when we did all our events and stuff like that. And I tell people that, yeah, like you only get, what you put into PL. That's it. And I think that's in with everything. But. Yeah, I think unfortunately a lot of people, they inquire. Like, I've got tons of people that inquire and they just want to be put on the T sheet. I'm like, dude, that's not what this is yeah, about. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. You have to come, you have to meet people, you have to build relationships. And once you start 
forging those relationships within the community, the rounds come. Yeah. And I think some of them, they just look, they look at the members, like they'll look at, like, like somebody like you, for example, they'll say, well, if I look at Jordan's Instagram, like he's never played these places before and now he joins this place and all of a sudden he's playing, but they don't know yeah. that you've been an active member, you've showed oh, up. Oh, I get asked all the time, especially from guys here. Like, yeah. How do you, how do you, like, and I'm, the thing I love about Eagle Oaks is there is a wide margin of wealth here. There's very successful people at this club. There's very, there's a lot of people that have been, spent their whole life in golf. It's guys like me that just starting, you know, in the beginning, nobody knows any difference. And we just like golf. So like, especially last summer, how are you playing this? How are you playing that? How are you playing this? <laughs> oh my God, what's this society you're part of? Oh, I said, you know, and I told one guy straight up, I said, it's just, it would not be for you. It's, there's an online forum and there's, you actually got to talk to people. Like you just, it's just not for you, man. I promise. But if I can try to get you out somewhere as a guest, like I'll try because he's a he's a nice guy, just electronically not with it. Yeah, if they're not social, it's not for them. No. It's as simple as that. So I joke and I'm just like, I know whatever. But I mean, I've definitely met people through PL, and then through those people, met other people, met other people, and. I've gotten fortunate. I've got to play some pretty nice courses and had some great experiences. Like to me, like I was saying earlier, like I don't look at architecture. So I don't look at Somerset the way you look at Somerset. I don't look at Marion the way you look at Marion. I would rather have a good foursome. Like Marion was special to me because one, it was Marion. Obviously, I dove into that rabbit hole after I played it and looked up at history and this and that. But it was special to me because there was a guy in our foursome that used to be a waiter there. You know, he, you know, and he, that was his first time playing too. And it was like 10 years in between. So for to watch this guy's face. Oh, Sean. Yeah. You know, to watch his face. I try not to like name people, but. No, Sean's cool. Yeah, no. But he, he said the same thing to me. He's like, yeah. you know, I worked here in college. And it was just so cool to watch this guy walk to this course like, I made it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I made it. <laughs> and. It was awesome. Like it, it was just so cool. And then Sean Sean had a great experience there though because he came to the dinner and he he I mean imagine like you you worked at this place in college, you know, and you've never sat down at the table yeah. and here you are sitting at the table and you're looking at the kids where you were at like mm -hmm. 10 years ago or 15 oh, years yeah. ago or it's whatever. A huge milestone in somebody's life I and mean, i even said to him i was like man you didn't play the course in here he's like i don't think i was allowed to like he was yeah. too even afraid yeah. to ask you know <laughs> but he worked there during college and he was banquet uh, banquet server or yeah. whatever and um um it, it was exciting for me it was it was rewarding for me to see him to see also yeah, see him great. play, and play the course it was great but like uh yeah, he was he was like a kid in a candy store that day. It was it was hilarious. Yeah, you all were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, my first tee shot was pretty aggressive. I oh, was, on one. It's a tough tee shot because you have everybody. I mean, if it's lunchtime, it's the worst because everybody's sitting. Yeah, five we were feet away we were right you. in the beginning of the lunch run, and for about two weeks prior, I'm telling myself I've probably looked through the course a million times. I played it on PGA on Xbox a couple times, <laughs> like, and. You know, 
I'm not the, I, I hit the driver pretty decent, but everybody that's ever told me was like, don't hit driver. All right. So I'm driving to Pennsylvania and I'm on the front, on the phone, with my best friend. He's like, if you don't hit driver, if you don't be aggressive, don't talk to me. I'm like, <laughs> whatever, man. You're, you're a 30 handicap, like relax. So we get to the course and I go to the range and I'm having a great range session. Four iron, hybrid, no driver, just leave driver alone. And I get to the first tee box and Wayne, you know, my host, was talking to these guys on the patio. It was like a foursome over there. You know, probably middle So another guys. member of three guests. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I introduced myself and uh, you know, made a comment about my tattoo. And <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I kind of scurried yeah, they off. Can be, they can be a little stuffy. Yeah, he was, you know, in the beginning, he definitely thought he was. And then he ended up not, which was cool. Um, I go to my caddy and I forgot his name and I was like, what's your name? And he had the same name as my best friend that I was talking to prior, pretty much chastising me to hit driver. So I was like, oh, I can hit driver, especially cause that guy got hit driver, crush his ball. I don't care if I hit it in the street. So I get up with driver and then I hear one of them whispering like, oh, he's hitting driver in this hole. And I was like, oh no. And when I tell you I hit the very top of this ball at the bottom of my driver <laughs> that it divoted and rolled maybe six feet. Oh, I started going off to the left. I'm like, so the left I, where they're eating lunch. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah. It wasn't, luckily I didn't hit it that hard, but like it just rolled off into like the rough. And I let out this bellow of a laugh. Like I'll remember this shot forever. Oh my God. <laughs> so the, everyone else hits. I grab my hybrid because I remember the sign saying no mulligans at Marion. Start walking over and the guy walks over and was like, no, absolutely not. This is the member, the this other is member. This the other member. And Wayne was like, no, 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 no. There's no mulligans. He goes, picks up my ball. And I'm like, like mom, dad type thing. Yeah, who like, do you believe? What, what am I doing? <laughs> and he's like, you're taking an unplayable. And he looks and he goes, he could take an unplayable. I was like, all right. So he hands me the ball, whispers in my ear. He goes, I like your tattoo and tee that up. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I teed it up as fast as I could. And I hit a, I hit another ball and I ended up bogeying the hole. It wasn't spoken about for like four holes. <laughs> I actually think I walked in front of our group for like two or three holes just to like let it go. And uh, Wayne Sean was probably worried about the letter he was going to get. He was definitely worried. <laughs> hundred percent but that guy was more assertive and he won the battle so i was like i'm gonna let it rip so and that's why i teed it up so fast but um it all worked out but we were at dinner that night and i was sitting next to john capers and somebody brought it up and i was like looking across like, what are you doing what are you bringing it up for and he asked me the story and his the whole point uh like the whole ending to his story was he's like okay but how did you mark it on the scorecard? I was like, I bogeyed the hole, so I marked it as a mulligan. <laughs> and he laughs, and he's, he like looks up, and he's like, you might be the first person that I can remember that's ever taken a mulligan at Marion. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I was like, put it in the archive room. Yeah, I yeah. said, Mouton Mulligan's Marion? <laughs> John would know, too. But yeah, so I gave him the ball. 
because I still had it. Luckily, I didn't lose a ball. I gave it to him, and whether he threw it in the garbage or put it in the archive room, in my mind, it's in the archive room at Marion. So, and it was like a like a split divide Surixon, like yellow and white. It's such a a jokey ball, but I love it. But yeah, so that's my story. I'm sticking to it. I'm I'm in the archive room at Marion. They but, have everything yeah. in there. It was cool. It was really cool. Like I, I'm, I like history. I'm a big military history guy, but like to see those watches from like 1918 open and stuff that Bob, like the little tiny medallions as medals that Bobby Jones received. Like, yeah, that was so cool. Yeah, like, it's awesome. You know, and then like I'm watching. Like it was funny the night of two nights before I played. I was watching Bobby Jones's like the movie they made of Bobby Jones with like J- Jim Cassaville or whatever. And they're talking about Marion. And like he was like 15. And they're talking about the bent grass and how different it is from Georgia and stuff like that. And how much of a trouble it was. I was like, oh my God. It's a bent grass. What's bent grass? And I got to like Google it and stuff. <laughs> yeah, Marion's not easy. It's the no. hardest, hardest course under 7,000 yards, or probably is. Oh, I mean, that's the one thing Marion taught me that distance, like people thinking golf, like, oh, I got to play from the tips or I got I to gotta make the course longer to beat me up. Marion will beat you up. We played it just under 6,300 yards. Yeah, and it's still hard. It was tough. If you get into a bunker there, you're dead. I mean, the bunker's like craters. Yeah, and we got lucky because, like, I think it rained, like, a day or two prior to that. And so the greens, like, weren't, like, super, super fast. Um, yeah, you got lucky because usually they're lightning. Yeah, and that's what the caddy was saying. He's like, dude, this is, you got lucky. Like, they're fast, but they're not, you know. They're not that bad. So what do you got coming up for the rest of the year? So I've got the creek coming up in a couple weeks. Oh, cool. I'm playing with Carl. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, you, you never played there before? No, nah, I don't really have a lot of experience with like, like Long Island golf. The creek uh, is really cool. So I've got the creek on a Monday on the 31st of July. And then a couple days later, I'm shooting up to Inwood. Uh, to play with Rudder in his member guests, one day oh, member awesome. guests. Oh, you guys are going to be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm supposed to be on days the next day, so I might take the day off. Oh, but, you're um, definitely taking the day off. Uh, Rudder's a machine. I heard. I heard. I, I Yeah, I've heard. Rudder I've never, and I, I haven't seen it, <laughs> but I've heard. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a task to keep up with Rudder. Rudder and I went down to Sage Valley earlier this year together. Yeah. And um, they have they have a par three that's l- under the lights and it's open like all night long. And then they have this place called the Retreat. It's like a bar mm-hmm. area, and they have a bartender there all night. And they sell these like frozen transfusions. <laughs> Rudder, Rudder, and I were crushing them all night. <laughs> Rudder comes up to the one t par three. We, he he's like, "Do you guys want anything to drink?" And I was like, "Yeah." And the other guys are like. Uh, not this time. And Rudder comes back with like a carrying case of frozen transfusions. <laughs> and I was like, are we double fisting these? He's like, yeah, unless one's for you, three yeah, for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's really... He's a good time. Really yeah, fun. I'm looking forward to it. And then... Uh, Inwood's way underrated too. Inwood's one of those places. I mean, I have, I, I'm playing there on the um, 8th and 9th with like with uh, him and Danny from Lake Success. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, Tom Doak said that uh, Inwood's one of the most underrated courses on Long Island. And you can't, um, it's hard to, 
for, for places like that to get any notoriety because there's just so much good golf on. There's on some history to Inwood, though. I, I'm not specific on it right now because I just dropped it out of my head. But I remember reading something about Inwood, something something with the early 1900s where it, it either hosted or yeah, something. Yeah, PGA Championship, yeah, I think, or something. Yeah, but uh, I remember seeing it and texting him like, dude, that's pretty cool. Um, it's a forgotten place. Yeah. Well, it's it's one surrounded of by so much. It uh, is. You know? um, Rudder's also your guy for Europe if you ever want to go to Europe. So we were talking about that. Yeah, I want to go. I want to go sometime next year. And it's cool because, like, I would never have thought of United Kingdom or England for some reason as, like, golf. Like, when it probably has so much golf. And according to him, it does. Um, I always think of, like, Ireland, Scotland, stuff like that. But... Um, definitely looking into getting a trip sometime next summer or the summer after that. I turn 40. I want to go to Scotland for like, I want to go to that part of Europe for like three weeks. But rent a house big enough to where if people want to come for a couple of days, they can come and go. But me and my family, we're going to be there. You know, this is the time. Come whenever you want. And uh, so, they, so it works a little different over there. I mean, they have a membership, and then they have member accompanied play, and then they have mm-hmm. member unaccompanied play, and then they have guest play. Yeah. And the guest play, like if you wanted to go to a, most courses, you could call and get yourself a tee time. But um, from what I understand, like the pricing is just so far different. So, like it would be very cheap, like fifteen pounds mm-hmm. to play with a member. Where if you don't play with them, it's like 200 pounds, know. you know? Yeah. And you well, can only play in the afternoon. It depends. It depends on what, where, where you play. You know, obviously if I go, I'm going to try to play like some nicer courses, even if it's just by myself. Um, but like I said, for me, it's all about the foursome and who I'm experiencing that, that round with, you know, I could go play Royal County downs by myself and have a terrible group and it'll diminish the round a little bit, but it'll be a very quiet round. You know, I'll stay to myself and just play. Or if I played with like three of my buddies, it'd be a lifetime to remember, a lifetime memory. So this one lady that just joined PL, she, um, I was talking to her the other day when we were, well, I was on my way home from Vermont after that got canceled. She, um, she was just over in Europe and she played something like 94 courses in three months. And she- That's the dream. Uh, yeah. That's the dream. <laughs> only only three of them, I think, more than once. So it was like 91 yeah. different courses, you know. And like Rudder, she, she also said like, hey, I'd be happy to help help um, the community out with uh, European trips. Yeah. So I would love to get back. Where's she at stateside? She's up in Boston. Nice. So she um, she's up in Boston, but I think she goes over there maybe once every year two years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm definitely like. going to look into like uh, international membership and stuff like that. Um, Rudder can definitely help you out with yeah, that. Yeah, only because like I said, talking about Bannon, it's the same going there as it is to California. You know, it's it's just you're losing time because you're going forward. You know, that's really just the difference. Yeah, it's probably easy. I mean, they all say it's easier to get to than it, than it is 100%, 100%. Yeah, but... I don't know. I, I have never played golf on that side of the planet. You know, I've never been over there. So it would be really interesting. Definitely something I need to learn because I hit a really high shot. <laughs> I need to keep it low. Russell but, uh, um, Russell Decker also goes over there mm-hmm. fairly often. I mean, he was just over there, I think, a month ago. I was just about to say, he just got back, yeah. 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 And he was telling me he sets up all his own trips, too, over there. 
Oh, I mean, if I got into it, please, I would. I'm very logistical. I would. I would be to the nitty gritty of the details, but. I think people use um, a lot of the travel agencies when they might not need to, only because you know it's just accessibility. Like we were talking it's, about with masters, they're they're worried about going somewhere that they might not be able to. But I think right. if you go over there and you plan a trip and you you get some help from some people, like maybe you only need to get a driver. Yeah, to get, it's like to it's like RJ. RJ went to Scotland with his family and uh, goes to Edinburgh and. Uh, I remember he said the night before, couldn't sleep, and it was like ten o'clock. And I, I remember he telling me, just told his wife, he started getting, he got showered, he got dressed, and he was like, "I'm going to stand in the queue." And his wife's like, "What? Like you weren't supposed to go for like another seven hours?" <laughs> and he went, and he got there at about eleven o'clock, and he was the first person there, he's first in line, and he's like, "I'm sitting there, and I'm just chilling, hanging out." watching people, you know, still, you know, whatever. He said, and it wasn't for another hour the second person came. And he was like, oh, someone beat me. Oh, my gosh. And he said by, like, 3 a.m., there was probably, like, 60 people in line. So the next morning when, um, you know, they opened up, like, 5, five o'clock, 5.30, something like that, there was only like four tea times available. Oh wow! So like, he's like, if I would have got there the time I scheduled it, I wouldn't have got on. He might, if he even would have got there in the middle of the night, maybe he wouldn't have got well, so on. So he said he was so he said he wanted to get there around three four o'clock in the morning. He said by three a.m. there was like sixty people on. Oh, he's like four tea times. So when he got there, he got the first tea time, first choice, and they were like, you have this, 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 and this. He could have went out straight out first tea time. But he, he had like a 10.45. It was like 5.30 in the morning. He's like, yeah, I'll do that one. Went home, took a nap, got breakfast, got showered, had a great day. Yeah. The guy behind him was like, he took the first seat time. He's like, how did you not take the first seat time? He's like, because now I can take a nap. I don't, have to, I don't have to suffer the next four hours being awake. Yeah. And the guy was like, I don't care. And he went out. And uh, But like, I would be so mad if I got there at 3 a.m. and didn't get a tea time. Yeah, I would you know, be. I'd be like, this is not ugh, miserable. So now I know if I go back, if if and when I go, I'm getting there super early. <laughs> I'm just hanging out. I think, um, I'm not sure about this, but I think Russell somehow gets a tea time there. Maybe because he's part, he's he's a member of something. The thing I love about Russell is you never know what he's capable of. Yeah, like, Russell <laughs> is a very quiet loud individual and it's a, it's a weird thing to say unless you know russell but when he's watching this he'll know like russell is a very quiet guy he's observant but russell man i love russell <laughs> and he's another person i would never meet a person like russell without golf yeah without pl without golf anything and russell if you saw me and russell sitting in a restaurant talking to each other they'd be like what was it? is that his lawyer like, yeah what are those what's, what's going on <laughs> but uh yeah, I'm. I'm sure Russell can pretty much do what he wants. He's like, he's played a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a really extensive network. I yeah. mean, he's he 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 doesn't live in New York City anymore, but he used to live in New York City. Yeah, he he's just he's got some good experience, some good stories for sure. Yeah, he's yeah. made a lot of contacts along the way. Yeah, but I mean, I I would say like for me, like my top experiences, uh, 
Silo Ridge was a really cool experience that I that I got to play through a PL member Jay. Yeah, and Jason. And, and Jason, yeah, he's he's a new member now. Silo Ridge was just a fantastic experience. You know, hospitality is bar none. Discovery property, man, it's they just do it right. Ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, if you can if you can if you can afford it, it's the best thing on the planet. Like if I if I came into a lottery winner or whatever, I would join one of those quick. Move to Silo Ridge. I would move to Silo Ridge. I'd probably join somewhere else, but because um, Silo Ridge, you only get so many months. But in the winter, they do stuff like skiing and and like uh, like trail walking with like the snowshoes and stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, when Jason when when I I talked to Jason about Silo Ridge and I. I was thinking like he's he works in the city, um, but I was thinking like most people when they they work in the city, you, if you think about a vacation home, um, especially for the cost of a place like Silo, like normally they go to the beach. No, you know what? Silo was so cool, man. Oh, it's I peaceful. love it. I think I think yeah. it's a, I think it's especially a great for move. a guy that lives in the city. Like it's it's peaceful. Like I actually joked. I'm like, do you have like a, a sound machine of like taxi cabs in here? Like it's quiet. He's like, no, I love this place. Yeah, and they they actually have a little beach there. It's they do <laughs> a little yeah. man-made beach. Yeah, but, but they yeah. have an extensive pool. I mean, they've got movie theater, bowling alley. He was telling me they were building a second uh, skating ring there. <laughs> I mean, they just have everything. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady lived on the property when he played for the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, he was saying after Tom Brady set a record against the Giants or something, he came out. After the game, he was on property. There was a bridge, and he was just sitting on the bridge at like five thirty in the morning. And the groundskeeper like came up and was like, "Are you all right?" And he was just kind of like taking it all in. It was pretty cool. Like, well, that place. I mean, the views there are spectacular. Yeah. Like just like you said, it's peaceful. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing you, you can find yourself when you when you get there. I mean, above the driving range, there's that little trail that goes up to the top of the yeah. the hill, and then you can just look out over the whole property. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it is cool. I, I liked it a lot. So, what else do you have coming up? <sighs> yeah, I mean the creek, the creek uh, in wood playing. Ridgewood for another Monday member thing with Jay. Cool. Um, hopefully Sage Valley yeah, in, in this in the um, fall. you know fall winter type. But other than that, nothing crazy. It's just kind of just comes as it come. Um, I would love to play more like Long Island golf before the summer's out. But I definitely definitely want to get back out to Ledrock in the fall. Yeah, definitely. Love to see that place in the fall. It's ridiculous uh, in the fall. I'm going to try to get it back out to Stonewall. And even maybe like, you know, maybe bring a couple guys from here to kind of like see if Bob would host us so they could like see outside of Eagle Oaks. Yeah. And uh, beat up their handicap a little bit. Because like when you play the same course every day, it doesn't matter what you shoot. Like your handicap's not going to change. Yeah. So like we did an event. A guy here hosted all of us at the Ridge. Uh, I guess his brother-in-law is a member there. And, like, guys that are shooting, like, 73s here, they're like, I'm like, what, what happened? Why did you shoot an 86 here? What's wrong with you? <laughs> but um, Bob, Bob would love to host you guys. Yeah, I, I would definitely I definitely want to start traveling a little more, too. Like Bob, next, Bob's another guy, by the way. Like, would you ever be friends with Bob if you weren't in the <laughs> Bob looks like he works. You and, you and Bob pretty, are I don't care what Bob says he does for work. <laughs> Bob works in like deep state, like CIA or something. Like, 
I don't care. Like I put my phone away from him. Like he's reading my phone right now. He's copying it. He was a cool dude. You he and Bob are total opposites. Bob was the best man. He was funny. I'm he, actually going to see Bob in uh, two weeks. I'm going out to Ballyneal. Oh, Bob's nice. He's going to be there. He's a, so he's a member of Ballyneal, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. going to be there for like that's in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be there for a week. <laughs> That's awesome. So four days or a week or something and like that. And that's when you're going out to Nebraska, right? Yeah, yeah. Sand Hills. So I'm going to stop and see Bob for hopefully at least a day Yeah, on my way. Don't share that itinerary. Get no. beat up for that. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm still working on it, by the way. I'm going to drive out there. I know. I got, I'll, I'll get you on a plane. You won't even know you're on the plane. I'll just <laughs> slip you a nice little white pill. You'll be out. Tape you up like they did in Wolf of Wall Street. You'd be all right. I'm. I, I don't know. I just, it's a tough. Like I, you know, when I was in Afghanistan, I was a door gunner on a helicopter. So I definitely, because of that time, am way more nervous flying now than I am when I before that. Because I know what a bump is. I know what losing altitude feels like. And now it's a little even more worrisome because airlines are not hiring based off scores but you know just see that worries the shit that's a little scary yeah yeah we're not gonna take the best but (laughs) yeah we're gonna take everyone else at least we'll be diverse i'm good like i'm good (laughs) but more power to them but i could see myself driving a little bit more definitely in a 12-hour range for sure but well well denver's a long drive yeah. I'm going to Denver first and then that's I'm gonna, gonna go be to about twenty four hour drive for yeah. sure. Yeah. It is. Um Yeah. I when I drove to Oklahoma, it was about 12, 11 hours a day. It was it was rough. It's Ugh. not fun. It's not fun. I would have driven with you, man. I put it in my email too. <laughs> Did you really? Oh yeah. I would have. I would definitely would have. I mean, why not? You know? It's one thing driving by yourself, but you know, see, like, people ask me all the time, "How bad is it to drive by yourself?" I don't really mind it. I prefer it. I honestly prefer it. One, because I like to drive. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to drive with you to Colorado, and say you were like me, or like, "Hey, I'm going to drive the whole way." Like, I'd be like, "No, I can't be a passenger the whole time." Oh, you want to switch? I'd have to drive. I prefer to drive. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I'm the same way. Yeah, like, uh, so as long as there was an understanding, like, "Hey, man, if you want to drive this day, I'll drive the next day. We're cool." <laughs> But if I'm a passenger, I'm gonna fly. I'll see you there. Yeah. Like, but um, you I, know, I don't. I, I would rather drive myself. Too. I would love to do like some more Midwest golf. Like that's the one thing. Like people say, like, oh, do you wish you started earlier? Yes. Like when I was in the army, like I was stationed in Georgia, uh, so I was very close to like uh, Robert Trent Trail in Alabama, Texas. I was like 30 minutes north of Austin. Um, so like I had the I don't know if I would have the ability to play like the country clubs and stuff, but there were a lot of nice courses. Um, but like nobody I knew in the army played golf, nobody. Like except that one kid in Afghanistan, and I'm pretty sure like he just saw clubs and like yeah I play golf like you know. But um, he was lying, but was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like no, I wish I would have started. I mean, I I've always I I've been playing my whole life, but I wish I would have started caring about playing better golf sooner. You know, yeah. like like Ben, I think, I don't know because I don't ask people's age, but I think Ben is the youngest guy in PL. He's got to be. And He's got to be at least one of the youngest. Yeah, I've told him before, yeah. like, you're, you're, you have more of an advantage than anybody else in here because you're so young. you got so much more time he, than the rest of us. And he generally appreciates the game. Yeah, Everything he's a, good, he's a great guy. 
Yeah. And he, um, but but because of his age, like, and he's already, like, when he's playing courses that I never played when I was his age, you know? Yeah. So yeah. he's got a good, um, he, he, he's got a really good advantage to see a ton of golf over And the his next. fiance plays. So it's a double win. So, like, when he travels, and I, when I went up and played New Haven, I played with him and his fiance. She's not bad. I thought it was going to be way worse. Like, Is I she was, better than him? No. Oh, no, that's no, too bad. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I was looking for a good story. No. But like when he asked, he asked me the day before, and he was like, "Hey, so she got off work. Do you mind if she plays?" And I'm like, "Okay, like, <laughs> I, what am I gonna say? No." Yeah. But like, I definitely had some dread. Like, I don't, I don't want. Uh. And then she came out, and I was like, "Man, she's pretty good. Like, she's cooler than you, Ben." She. <laughs> She was cool, man. She was cool, girl. Yeah, it was fun. And then we went to Modern Pizza and oh, ate yeah, more pizza, pizza in there. one night than I have in six months. It was it was amazing. But um, so all right, man. We're coming up on time here. Yeah. But I appreciate you doing this. Yeah, man. We'll have to do it again. I would love to hear. Yeah, about we'll the get creek. it back. We'll get it like a a bigger group. You know, have a little more of a group dissection. Yeah, cool. yeah, for sure. Yeah. We'll talk about the uh, the creek and Ridgewood and. Yeah, hopefully and, Sage. And Sage and, sage and Inwood, cool. if you make it out of there alive. I hope so. <laughs> I'm, I'm already looking up IV companies for the night, for that night. <laughs> you better take the IV drip with you. 100%. <laughs> I can do it. I'm qualified. So I'll just stab myself. <laughs> Keep it moving. But I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, thanks man. Thanks Absolutely. for having me out. Yeah, appreciate it.